The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. The Bible says wealth gained by dishonesty will be destroyed, it will be diminished. Look at Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 11. We touched on this last week. But Proverbs chapter 13, verse number 11, the Bible says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Do you see diligence there? Diligence. He that gathereth by labor shall increase. Now we need to understand as a church, if we're going to see great things accomplished for the Lord, we are going to have to work. We're going to have to work hard, and we're going to have to be okay with that. And boy, isn't it rewarding to work for the Lord? It's rewarding to work for the Lord. I love working for the Lord. I really do. Boy, it's rewarding. I don't always see. I think sometimes people get discouraged because when I say rewarding, they think mean a lot of money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that have greater value than money. I'm talking about changed lives. I'm talking about people being saved. There is nothing, I tell you, I am so hungry to see people, because there's nothing like leading a soul to Christ. It is contagious. I mean, it is, it is like, boy, I want, to, I want to share the gospel again and again and again, because the gospel has a changing power in people's lives. I'm so thankful we show these testimonies, people that got saved in our church in the last year. Praise the Lord for that. Why? Because God's gospel plan works. And too many people have said, well, it's too hard. It's too difficult. The plowing is too hard. The weather is too cold. The day is too dark. The government's too wicked. The, you know, the, the economy's too low. There's too many things against us. We cannot go win, baptize, and teach. If we get away from that, we will die. We might as well close our doors. God wants us to be diligent. He wants us to be honest. Be honest with ourselves before God. He also expects us to be honest in our words as we deal with people in our work. The Bible tells us that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But people that deal truthfully are a delight to God. You know, God delights in us as we're honest. We're honest. You can't be diligent and be dishonest. Diligence is honesty. They go hand in hand. Let me give you another one. Diligent people are generous. Diligent people are generous. Go to um, Proverbs chapter number 11 and look at verses 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Verse 25, the what? The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The word liberal uh, means generous. Generous. I'm generous. Aren't you glad that God is generous to give wisdom? The Bible says he gives it liberally. He's very generous to give us wisdom. Generosity is an attribute of someone who's diligent. Because I understand that I've got to steward and invest what I have. You you see uh, the man that had the five talents? He had to take some risk. The one thing that kept the man with one talent from doing anything is fear. He was afraid to do anything with what the master gave him, so he dug a hole and put it in the ground and said, well, what you gave me, I'll give back to you. But that's not how God wants us to work. 
God says, I give you and I want you to use what I give you and I want it to multiply and I want you to be able to give back more than what you were given. That's what God expects from us. Because the ones that he said well done to were the ones that took what was given to them and handed the master back more than what was given to them. We're not here to just hold on to what God gives us. We're here to be conduits of what God gives us and use it to his honor, to his glory. Um, Just before the service, I'll be a little transparent tonight. My wife and I were praying. We had a Christmas offering. She was praying. I was praying. Praying about what God would have us to give. I don't just tell other people in the church to pray about what God would have you to give. I pray about what God would have me to give. And uh, we were both praying for the same number, and we both knew that it was beyond our reach. And so we were just praying. And you know what's interesting? Is that we prayed for that, and God gave it to us. You know, God gave it to us, not so we could keep it for us. He gave it to us so that we could give it. Because that's why we prayed that we would get it. We prayed that we would receive so that we would give. You understand that God blesses that prayer. When we pray to receive so that we can give, God gives to us. And boy, he just keeps giving to us. If we pray so that we can keep it for ourselves, not obligated to answer that prayer. Thank God he supplies all our need. But often it's in greed that we pray, not in giving and generosity that we pray. God gives so that I can give. God gives so that I can give. God gives so that I can give generously, want to give. My wife just jokingly, she said to me, she said, I need to start praying for more. I said, yes, you do. (laughs) Pray for more. Hey, you know what? When you see God answer prayer, it stretches your faith. It says, I can do more because I could not do this and God enabled me to do it. And when God enables us to do great things, hey, it's like we've got a great God. Guess who gets the glory? God gets the glory. I'm not speaking to glorify myself tonight. I'm speaking to glorify God. Because here's the thing. I didn't have it. God gave it. God gave it so that we could give it. That's what we need to do as a church and say, hey, God, I don't have much. But I understand that little is much when you're in it. And God gives so that I can give. God, bless so that I can be a blessing. God, help me so I can help someone else. Too many people go to God and say, God, help me so I can help myself. God says, be diligent what I've already given you. Steward what I've already given you. But ask and you shall receive. But seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God blesses diligent people for their generosity. Let me say this tonight. Diligent people are careful not to incur debts they can't handle. Diligent people are careful not to incur debts they can't handle. It's Christmas time. We need to be careful. God does not say to us, you know, okay, you get a pass. Be wasteful. God doesn't say that to us because it's the time of season that we're in. And boy, here's the thing that I understand. My family is not demanding of me things that I don't have to give to them. I want to give a gift. And when did it come become, when did Christmas become a time where we just threw all caution to the wind and spent and incurred debts 
so that we were enslaved to it for the next entire year until it came around again. That's not wise. That's not what God... And boy, did you ever give a gift that bought someone's love? You gave a gift that bought someone's uh, uh, friendship? I, I don't give things to people because I'm trying to buy them. I give them to it because I love them. It's interesting that sometimes we, uh, we need to be careful as the people of God that we are diligent and we're careful not to incur debts we can't handle. The old adage is this, when your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep is your downfall. It's the truth. You know, it's a dangerous thing to be, for people to become greedy for more and more money to overextend themselves to acquire it. The generation of the depression laughs at the generation of the recession. We say recession. What we mean is we don't have enough to waste. We want to be wasteful. We get on the government. We say they're wasteful. They don't want to cut spending. They don't want to cut spending because they don't want to live inside their means. But the truth of the matter is, our country is we the people. And the reason why our government's not doing it is because it's the country's full of people that don't want to cut spending and live inside their means either. We want the government to do what we're not willing to do, to live within the means of what God has given us. Many a Christian has not been able to do what God has called them to do because they lived above their means. We've got to be diligent in that area. Live within the means of what God gives you. And by the way, let me say this to you tonight. I'm not the one that determines your means. And neither are you. God does. God determines my means and he determines your means. And I'm not to look at someone across the aisle and say, because they have more than I have, or because they have larger than I have, that they're living above their means. They are perhaps living within their means as God has blessed them. You understand that as we come into the church of God, there's people with different incomes and different means. We're not here to keep up with the Joneses. This is not a competition in the church of God. We all lay aside as the Lord has prospered us. God has given you. It's not a competition. Giving is not a competition. Giving is you reflecting on what God has given you and you being generous with it and you stewarding it well and saying, God has given me this amount. And by the way, didn't Jesus teach that when he pointed out the widow and her two mites? She gave all. What was he saying? She sacrificed. The ones that carried the heavy purses did not sacrifice to give what they gave. But the woman who gave the little sacrificed to give what she gave. And boy, that's great in the kingdom of God. It's great. Diligent people are careful not to incur debts they can't handle. You know, today, if you talk about hard work, wise stewardship, the dangers of debt, and the importance of accountability before God, it's almost like the generation we live in laugh out loud and tell you that the times have changed. You don't have to work hard to make money. You don't have to be diligent. You know, people are sitting around and waiting for a check, waiting to hit the lotto, waiting to strike it rich, waiting to, you know... And they won't even lift the fork to their mouth to feed themselves. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to work. I just want money to come my way. And God, you're like Santa Claus. You're going to deliver it to me down the chimney. God, you're just going to give me my list. 
God, you're going to give me what I want. No, no. God says, I have given you the wherewithal. I have given you the body. I have given you the mind. I have given you the talent. I have given you the ability. Use it for my honor and glory and work hard and be generous and be diligent. Our most important task is to be the kind of people God can trust with money. People who are faithful in the way we use what God gives us. Well, we need to be a greater greater example to the next generation of that, don't we? Be wise with what's given to us. Be wise with what's given to us. I'm not saying that times aren't hard and sometimes we run short and things are week to week and we get pray for our daily bread. Been there, done that, have the t-shirt, got it. But what I'm saying to you is we can do better. We can do better as a church. John Henry Jowett said this, the real measure of our wealth is how much we'd be worth if we lost all our money. How much are we worth? Does money only give us value? Are we valuable with or without money? Do we only serve when times are plenteous? Or do we serve when we don't have a lot of money? Do we give? You know, character is more important than position. And wisdom is more important than possessions. It is. God doesn't glorify poverty. And neither does he magnify affluence. He doesn't, he doesn't say it's a glory to be poor. And he doesn't magnify being rich. God just says, be faithful with what I give you. With what I give you. There's a, one who makes, go to Proverbs 13 verse 7. Look at it. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. You know, we must not think that the way of the wealthy is always easy. I think sometimes people think that. You know, God blesses people with wealth as they steward what they've been given. I hear people say, well, if God give me a million dollars, he might not give you a million dollars if you can't steward one. If you won't tithe on a dollar, you won't tithe on a million dollars. If you won't tithe on a hundred, you won't tithe on a thousand. Well, if I only had more money, if you won't give to God on what you have now, you won't give to God when you have more either. Because more money, more problems, right? You ever have more? And then you go, where'd that go? I have more, I have more, I have more. And then you just never seem to have enough, do you? We never have. Anybody have extra money tonight? If you do, please see me after church. <laughs> no, uh, extra. We don't live in the day of extra. But we do have excess. One of the subtle dangers of wealth is a false sense of security. And that brings us to our next point. A diligent person doesn't have a false sense of security. They're not trusting in riches. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. We're living in a world that is trusting in wealth. They trust in the market. They trust in uh, the affluence of uh, what we have in storages. Remember the man that built 
more barns because he had more and he just kept building barns and building barns and building barns. And God said, thou fool, this night thy thy soul shall be required of thee. What did all that stuff do for him in the end? Well, it didn't purchase him a ticket to heaven. It, it, It didn't help him in his standing with God. And all it left was a lot of stuff for his children to fight over after he died. This is the truth. The truth of the matter is, is tonight we need to understand that God does not want us to find our security in what we have possessionally, materialistically. He wants us to have faith in Him. So when we have little, we, we trust. When we have more, we trust. But no matter how much we have, we trust God and we use it. Oh boy, we've got to learn to use what we have and not desire to have more in order to be used. Well, if we were a larger church, we could accomplish more. Not until we accomplish everything God wants us to accomplish at the size that we are. That God will bless. When we handle what we have, oh boy, we need to look around the room and say as God sends people in, are we uh, concerned for their souls? Are we uh, seeing them saved and baptized? Am I, am I inviting myself to be a part of the discipleship process and, and, and helping people to, to grow closer to the Lord and sharpening them. If God blesses our diligent work with success, the next number is, is a diligent person is careful not to become proud. A diligent person is careful not to become proud. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter number 18. In verse number 11. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. And as an high wall in his own conceit. Verse 12, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. You know, if successful people aren't careful, they can mistreat people. If successful people aren't careful, they become proud and think, well, I've achieved success because of what I have done. If I remember correctly, as God promised Joshua good success, it was based on his obedience to the word of God, that he would do what God said, and that would be success. I wonder how many of us would say tonight, I will measure my success on how obedient I am to the word of God. I will measure my success by how obedient I am to the word of God. By how obedient I am to what God says I ought to do in my life. Because that is good success. And then God said to Joshua, he said, I will make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. There was spoil to be had. There were things to be gotten. But Joshua needed to have character. He needed to be diligent. Didn't come without hard work. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 22. Just a couple chapters over. Verse number 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So it doesn't say we receive riches by pride. It says we receive riches and honor and life by humility. Rich people have many friends, but will those friends remain faithful if the rich people become poor? Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 7. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with with words. 
yet they are wanting to him. Then let me say this tonight in closing. A diligent person keeps a right attitude about things. Keeps a right attitude about things. A right attitude about possessions. A right attitude about people. A right attitude about stewardship, about what God... A right attitude. What kind of attitude does God want from us as we are givers? What's the adjectives that God uses? Cheerful. Willing. Cheerful and willing. The Bible says, not of necessity and not begrudging. The Lord loveth a cheerful giver. You know, God wants us to have a right attitude. In other words, as I serve the Lord and as you serve the Lord and as we co-labor together with Him, what we need to understand tonight is we've got to keep a right attitude. Bad attitudes kill homes. Bad attitudes kill marriages. Bad attitudes kill churches. We've got to keep a right attitude about ourselves and about God and about others. And God says, hey, just keep a good attitude. I'm not just saying be a positive, cheerful person because you, you make yourself that way. I'm saying if you're full of the Holy Spirit of God, you ought to have joy. If you're full of the Holy Spirit of God, you ought to love people. And boy, it ought not to be put on. It ought to be something that uh, comes from us, flows from us. And there we end, we go back to the beginning of what we spoke about. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How I treat people and how I approach God flows from my heart. It comes from my heart. You know, how's our heart tonight? It's like a well, isn't it? And when the bucket goes down in the well, what's ever in the well is what comes back up. The Bible tells us about our words, about our life, about our decisions. We're talking about choosing wisely tonight. Be careful what you put in your heart because what you put in there eventually will come back out. Be careful what you allow there. Don't give place, the Bible says, to the devil. We've got to keep a right attitude tonight and say, I'm not going to get a bad attitude. I'm not going to get upset and bent out of shape over foolish little nitpicky things. I'm not going to be a fault finder. I'm going to be a problem solver. I'm going to to say, I, I want to be a peacemaker. That's what the Bible says. Blessed are the peacemakers. People that walk around and try to have peace. Well, they won't have peace with me. You can make peace anyway. You can make peace. And boy, the truth of the matter is, and I saw Brother Schmidt said this morning, he said, you'll never have peace around you until you first have peace inside you. It's the truth. You'll never have peace around you until you first have peace inside you. Most people, they they don't have peace with others, and they don't have peace with God. We ought to be able to pillow our heads tonight and have peace. Our trust is in the Lord. Get this. He made heaven, and He made earth, and He made me, and He made you. Let's not get bent out of shape at each other. And please don't look to me for your provision. Because I'm just trying to make it just like you are. My God shall supply all your need. He's the provider. He's the giver. He's the source. Let's not put men in the position that God is in tonight. Let's be diligent workers. Rich man, poor man, beggar, thief. God has a word for them all. 
The question from the book of Proverbs is, are they willing to receive the word? Father, I pray that you'd help us to receive with the right spirit and the right attitude tonight the message. God, I pray that you help us to be diligent as a church. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.